You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique alvarez Clary on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back into the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick and Rico back with you guys. There's Skittles in the front bowl. Are, is there there's, still? There's, there's still there's some. There's Skittles now. The best one was, oh, well, they weren't, uh, it was the Sour Patch Kids. It was oh, those the, are, those the Sour Patch Kids and Swedish Fish bundle. That was a good time. That was, that that was, was a good time Those the were office. the best like five days. <laughs> When uh, Mark had yeah, the you're not right, yeah, five sweet, days. That's, that's about all. Right. That's all it took to, to end that bag. All right, we bring in our normal Monday guest, uh, Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska, joins us here as he does every single Monday. Steve, how was the bye weekend? I enjoyed it uh, very, very much, guys. Thanks for having me on. I, um, yeah, just a lot of football and um, went out with the wife on a Saturday night, which there never happens anymore. So uh, yeah, it was a good time had by all. Greatest game that you watched this weekend during the bye week. Oh man, I'm gonna have to. I, okay, I'm, I'm gonna get a weird one for you here, but it's just because I, I I'm not able to watch like other games on Saturdays other than Nebraska. I went back and watched um, USC's loss at Utah, and that was okay. one of my um, favorite games of the season. Utah pulled off the upset um, over the you know highly touted Lincoln Riley, all the skilled mm-hmm. players, and um, you know we're gonna throw it everywhere offense of usc and you know i just I, I really i'm a huge fan of kyle whittingham um i'm a huge 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 fan of that area over there and the the atmosphere at rice cycle stadium was just amazing and it was a really fun game to watch so i'll i'll go with kind of an odd answer and say uh usc at utah could kyle whittingham be a flavor of the week for steve mark it could, yeah. Let's yeah, let's do that next week, maybe. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Okay. I, I, yeah, I've been a I've been a fan of Kyle Whittingham for a long time. I originally I didn't really think that he was going to be a, a you know kind of a, a big candidate right away because I know he's been there since the mid nineteen nineties. So I thought he was kind of the lifer over there. But yeah, we can certainly touch on Kyle Whittingham. Yeah, we'll we'll push we'll push flavor of the week one more week to next week, and we'll 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 dissect whoever yeah. we want to talk about because who knows uh, who's going to be at the top of the who list. Knows? Kyle next. Whittingham could lose. Yeah, Kyle Whittingham could lose, <laughs> and it could be yeah. I, I don't know somebody. I mean, whoever. Isn't that um, how it normally works, though, Steve? Anytime anybody yeah, loses, that, they're out. Isn't that funny how how they lose they lose the game? All these candidates lose the game, and then all, all of a sudden that they're awful uh, coaches. So yeah, I, I it's a it's a phenomenon that we should uh, definitely kind of dissect. But hey, um, all these candidates that seem like great candidates until they lose a the game, then everybody kind of <laughs> shuts the door on them and, and think they don't know nothing about football. If you're not undefeated, really you're bad. Are you uh, are you tracking planes right now, Steve? Uh, no, I, I probably should get into the business of tracking planes, but um, <laughs> there's a, I there's think a I got some time to you know go in and dive into the logistics of everything and you know get brush up on my plane tracking skills but no i am not right now i think okay. there's an app for that that just tracks all the planes so you can just kind of open that up from time to time and see which ones have flown into into lincoln yeah yeah well hey um that's that's awesome i guess 
you know, I, I should get on on that. Okay, let's <laughs> let's talk about something actually uh, relevant here. Um, we're talking to Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska, and I guess I get, building off of that conversation. When do we think a decision could be made regarding a head coach? I mean, I guess there's two different answers to this, whether it's Mickey Joseph or if it's somebody else. But is there going to be a point in this season where we kind of know whether it's not whether it's going to be Mickey Joseph or not? Like, is there a point in the season where you're going to say, okay, listen, if it's after this date, it, Mickey Joseph would would have already been named the the, the permanent guy by now? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I think it's it's kind of a still a wait and wait and see process with with Trev Alberts, the athletic director, because I I just think that there's a still a great opportunity. And although um, for Mickey Joseph with this last five game slate um, staring the program in the face, there's a lot of um, difficult difficult games in my opinion coming up here. And you know we still want to give. I think it's smart to give Mickey Joseph an opportunity and see what he can get this this team to do against these. Um, final five games, four against West um, opponents, and and the other being the East against Michigan. So I, I I think it's a wait and see thing with with Mickey. Obviously the the cards are against Nebraska right now in a lot of those games. Um, but um, who knows if he can find a way to will this team to some wins? I think I think that opens opens up the discussion, and I think uh, Trev might wait and see right now and and see what that what that final five game stretch looks like under Mickey Joseph. We're we're heading out of a bye week once again, the last bye week of the season here, and and Nebraska, in in a couple days, will face as of right now the Big Ten West leader Illinois. Chase Brown, the FBS leading rusher, still, um, despite Illinois having a bye week of their own last Saturday. I mean, what was what what is the biggest thing that you want to see addressed out of the bye week on Saturday? The biggest thing addressed, I think, it's just um, this run defense. Um, these these last five opponents are really all of them. All the offenses are going to test Nebraska's defense with the with the run game and and see who wins at the line of scrimmage. Um, none none more than uh, Illinois, obviously, with Chase Brown coming in and the offensive line that Illinois is working with. I'm just really interested to see what changes um, schematically wise, I guess, uh, against a, a, run, a running attack from Illinois. I'm wondering how how many hats are going to be in the box. Um, is it going to be more than than we usually see just to try to hold up against this run game that we know that they're going to come come out and 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 see if they can establish a run. So I'm I'm worried about the run defense and and just kind of overall line of scrimmage on both sides because um, as you know with with Illinois they have a lot of talent in their defensive front seven. I look at guys like Jerzan Newton, Keith Randall, Gabe Jackis is a really impressive freshman. He only has four sacks uh, for Illinois, and then obviously Sidney Brown. He's kind of a hybrid safety linebacker. He he kind of hovers around the line of scrimmage, kind of like a Troy Polamalu from back in the day with the Steelers type player. I I really enjoy watching him. So I'm just really curious how Nebraska is going to hold up on the line of scrimmage in these final five games, and especially against Illinois because Illinois' defensive front seven is really impressive. And they're impressive on offense as well, blocking for a guy like Chase Brown, who's running like a pet out of hell. We're speaking with Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska. And Steve, just keeping it on the defensive side of things, out goes Nick Henrich, inside, uh, in goes Chris Kolarovich. How big is the loss of, of Henrich in that middle? And is it going to be uh, kind of a rotation of Ernest Hausman, Kolarovich, and Edova Malka Clements, kind of like we saw uh, when he first went out of the game uh, against um, Purdue? Yeah, it's big. I mean, you want you want your team captain out there. You want 
uh, one of your better um, inside linebackers out there because boy, there's it. You know, you know, it's just a, a really rough season uh, for Nick Henrik. I know he missed he missed some tackles. He wasn't playing up to his capabilities in my mind, but at the end of the day, you still want that kid out there. And for him, he's just had a brutal um, stretch here, breaking his hand, coming back from that, and then um, having a possibly a season-ending injury. So, uh, yeah, you obviously want him out. I think it hurts Nebraska's defense a lot. Now Chris Klarvik does. The good thing about that, the silver lining, is Chris Klarvik does have plenty of experience at inside line, at inside linebacker. He, he played there for multiple seasons and did really well at the FCS level at Northern Iowa, but you know, as everybody knows, it's kind of a different game when you get up here in the Big Ten and, and Power Five football. But um, you know, I'm I'm in, anxious to see how he reacts to that. I I know he's just a, a really confident kid and he wants to do the best job. But um, yeah, I think you're definitely going to see a lot of uh, Chris Klarvik, and then you're going to see a lot of Ernie Hausman at in, inside linebacker behind um, Klarvik too, and then obviously um, Va Clements or Va Malga Clements is going to come into play here too. Just a you know. You want a guy like Luke Reimer to come back fully healthy and, and keep him fresh for this five-game stretch. Um, so, you know, you're going to want to get Vaugh Clements in, in, in there as well as um, Ernie Hausman, too. So, yeah, the, the, some, some, there's going to be some new faces on the defensive side of the ball for Nebraska, and guys, certain guys are going to need to step up, and Chris Klarvik's going to maybe be the most important one. Steve, how important is time of possession going to be in this game? Because... I mean, you're, you're coming off, Nebraska, I should say, is coming off of a game where they found success in the deep ball, but then I, I think to a certain extent their defense sort of suffered from that because they were on the field for 42 minutes and 42 seconds. Their Nebraska's defense was against Purdue. I mean, th- this is a team now, Illinois, where I, I know you know this, but for our listeners, they rank second in the country in rushing defense. They allow 77.8 rushing yards per game. And they've only allowed three rushing touchdowns per game, or excuse me, all season long. Um, number one team in the country is James Madison, so Illinois is the best team in Power Five uh, currently right now in in terms of rushing defense. I mean, how much does I guess time of possession matter, and how much does uh, Anthony Grant's value diminish if Nebraska's unable to establish a running game on Saturday? Yeah, that's that's an interesting point to make because I think Illinois they they possess the ball um, on average the most the most out of everybody in the conference um, with just about thirty five minutes per game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you you don't want, in my opinion, you don't want Nebraska's defense out there um, against this Illinois offense just because it's just, they're just going to come at you, come at you, and come at you with that run game and then. Um, kind of switch it up with Tommy DeVito at quarterback, who's kind of a dual threat guy from Syracuse. But uh, uh, yeah, and then when I think about it, I think does Nebraska even want to do it? Is, is Mark Whipple is Mark Whipple capable of you know bleeding the clock down to under ten seconds and then and then snapping it and not going um, with a fast pace? I I don't know. It's he hasn't really shown it yet. I guess he showed it a little bit um, at, at Rutgers, and they were able to to run away with the with the win there and, and run some clock, but. I think it's going to be very beneficial, Nick, like you said, just to uh, maybe hold on to the ball and try to possess and try to grind out some some first downs on offense um, to keep the ball um, or to keep the defense on the sidelines. But um, yeah, I mean, to do that, you need to you need to establish a run game, and, and Nebraska's just you know with the offensive line troubles in front of a guy like Anthony Grant, who I can who I think could be an All Big Ten caliber running back, but he just doesn't have the 
to blocking in front of him that other, um, you know, Big Ten running backs like, you know, Michigan's uh, Corum and Muhammad Ibrahim at Minnesota um, and Chase Brown at, even at Illinois that let, that they get. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be very important for Mark Whipple and the offense to maybe bleed some clock, um, get it down to under 10 seconds on the play clock, snap the ball, try to get a rushing game. Um, I think it's going to be really important to do that. But will it happen? I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, it's kind of crazy because I remember walking away from that Purdue game and having multiple conversations, not only on our post-game shows, but also just with various people, and saying that it's a fine line because you don't want to slow your offense down to where you're out of rhythm, you're you're forcing yourself to slow down when the up pay, the, the, the quicker pace, the, the deep ball is working, for example. It's almost like... You just needed one stop if you were Nebraska. And, like, you're going into this game, I guess I am, going into this game against Illinois saying, man, I, I sure as hell hope that if Nebraska is able to score 37 or 40 points in a game, that they're able to win a game. But we can't say that for sure right now just because of, of how poorly the defense has been playing. Now, I will say, and we'll get your last comments on this, I mean, Purdue is the only team that left on Nebraska's schedule, I guess, outside of Michigan, that really can throw the ball. I mean, we know going into Illinois, Wisconsin, Iowa, what they are going to do on offense, and it's pound the rock. So I guess, does that make it set up a little bit easier for Nebraska or better for Nebraska? Yeah, I mean, it could. It just depends on how well Nebraska's defense, those interior defensive linemen, the, the Ty Robinsons, Colton Steve, uh, Stephon Wynn Jr., Devin Drew, all those guys really need to step up um, against against these run run offenses that are going to be coming here and mm-hmm. you know just do better than they have before and I, like I like I mentioned before maybe that means an extra an extra guy in the tackle box maybe that means Marcus Buford or um, Isaac Gifford kind of creeping into the tackle box as kind of like a pseudo linebacker at the second level and just getting more hats to the to the ball and, and trying to shut down these run offenses if they do that I, I definitely think that you know often Nebraska's offense, given the big playability potential that they have with Casey Thompson and Trey Palmer, I think I think Nebraska's offense is good enough to to win a lot of these games. It's just, man, can they can that defense hold up and, and give the offense a shot and keep Casey Thompson upright for once? So so he, I think Casey Thompson's a really good quarterback, and I think he's going to be a really good quarterback if he gets time. But he doesn't have time a lot of the time, and he's getting hit in the mouth just about every other game. So um, yeah, I, I I think I think the biggest thing. Um, when I look at this final stretch, is that is that defense with these new faces that are going to be playing and, and you know trying to trying to stop or at least limit these opposing rushing offenses. Yeah, it, it's definitely going to be something to watch for. There's a lot of of interesting angles, and still, I, I, to a certain extent, a lot of season left for for Nebraska. Hopefully, squeak out or get a couple wins um, and, and make a bowl game, first one in, in however long. So, all right, Steve, appreciate it as always, man. Uh, have a good rest of your week. I'll probably see you tomorrow at the press conference, but we'll uh, talk to you next Monday. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. That is Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska. Appreciate his time, as always. Okay, so I, I, there's we'll continue that conversation tomorrow, but I think it's really fascinating when we look back and think about the value of Anthony Grant, for example. because Where it started versus where it is now. Where it started and where it was through the first couple games of the season mm-hmm. and where it is now. Because there's, a, there's some doubt in my mind that Nebraska, against these final five opponents... Are going is going to be able to sustain drives or not? Is able to or is willing to? 
not not I, sustained I drives, but use, but use Anthony Grant in the way that they were using him early in the season, kind of just leaning on him and putting putting not an entire game, but multiple drives on his shoulders, just saying, "You are the one that mm-hmm. is going to get these tough yards." The workhorse running back to, that Nebraska yeah, fans want. You are want. the one that's going to get us from this side of the field to the other side of the field. We'll sprinkle in a couple passes, but for the most part, it's on you. And I don't I, see. Here's what's crazy, and a lot of people might think that it's Mark Whipple not wanting to. But from what I believe I saw in Purdue, or from the Purdue game, it's that Nebraska's not able to. They're not able mm-hmm. to. It, like, sustain like sustain drives and, and to get blocks consistently. I think that's where it is because you, I mean, you're not even, you're, you're taking, I should say this this way, you're barely giving Anthony Grant a shot to run the ball when you can't hold your blocks. He gets met three yards. He gets behind met the behind the three. Behind, yeah, exactly. He gets the ball and is immediately trying to get away from. Something. I think that's and now every good running back, every top five running back, top ten running back in the country needs to make plays on their own. Like they don't, but you need to be helped out by your offensive line to an extent. But it can't be every single time yeah. you get the ball that you need to make somebody miss within five yards of of getting the ball. So I wonder. I, I wonder, and we'll kind of talk about this as the week goes on. But I wonder. How Anthony Grant's value has changed since, say, the North Dakota or Georgia Southern game to now, here we are entering November, and like we know he's going to be back there, but how much is not, not 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 how much is Nebraska not necessarily wanting to use them? How much are they going to be able to use him? Mm-hmm. And result in success. I, I don't know if it's that much, unfortunately, um, because now we we for sure know that they have a dude. They just don't have the other part. They just don't have the offensive line for it. Let's go ahead and uh, take our final timeout. When we come back, we'll be joined by Nathan Strick. Uh, We'll talk to Strick about his his debut on Big Ten Plus yesterday with uh, the Nebraska exhibition game. And then we'll also get Nathan's thoughts on Matt Ryan, the Colts quarterback, being benched for Sam Ellinger. Sam Ellinger is going to start this weekend. How does Nathan Brennan uh, Colts feel? That's right. The Colts fan uh, feel about it. We will find out after the break. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the happy hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Guys, do you want thicker, fuller hair? Do you desire lustrous, luscious locks that you can run your fingers through? Maybe a full head of hair makes you feel attractive. Perhaps a full head of hair boosts your confidence and self-esteem. Whatever your reasons, if you have started to experience hair loss, there is good news. Because there are effective, FDA-approved treatments that work. One is a prescription clinically proven to prevent further loss. The other is clinically proven to regrow your hair in two to four months. And both are available from Roman for just a dollar a day. Just complete a free online visit. Roman connects you to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional who will work with you to find the best treatment plan. Then Roman sends everything you need right to your door with free shipping and indiscreet packaging. So guys, are you Roman ready for a thicker, fuller head of hair? Go to ro.co slash fuller. Do it today and Roman will give you 20% off your first order. That's ro.co slash fuller. 